Welcome to the Sports GPS. With your hosts, Parker White and CJ Holly. Welcome back to the Sports GPS Season 3, Episode 20 today. Parker, what's on the docket? We are talking NFL Week 2, recapping all those games, all 16 of them. Mm -hmm. Next, we dive into the MLB postseason pitcher as we have some spots clinched and magic numbers approaching the single digits. We're getting in there, getting close. Yeah, we are. Next, our award show for the MLB Top 4 Awards. So MVP, Cy Young, Rookie of the Year, Manager of the Year. Absolutely. And then last, we finish on NFL Week 3 Pick'em as CJ is up five games on the season total and looking to widen that lead. Oh, yeah. I'm looking to get it bigger. Parker's trying to drop it down. All that and more on this episode of the Sports GPS. Let's get into it. Welcome back to Sports GPS. We're recapping week two of the NFL season. CJ, start us off. We're going to start off with that Thursday game. Chiefs defeated the Chargers 27-24. to Patrick Mahomes, not really a like amazing game for yeah. him as... You know what? Normally against the Chargers, he doesn't perform his best, but it was enough to get the win. He goes 24 of 35 for 235 and two tutties. Justin Herbert, great game and a loss, 33 of 48 for 334 and three touchdowns. But it was the pick six that kind of like did it for the Chiefs. Uh, Watson's 99-yarder, and it was kind of like a tip into his hand, so like not Mm -hmm. really on Herbert, but... You know, it goes down again against him in the stat book. So, uh, Chiefs take the victory Thursday night. Quick, what do you think of the NFL adding a new statistic, wide receiver interception? I, you know. Because, I, like, there are so many times where you watch, like, it's like, that's not the quarterback's fault. Yeah, but at the same time, like, if I did that, then I would want them to do, like, uh, quarterbacks only get the stats for the yards like that it's thrown, and then wide receivers yeah. get the You know what I mean? I get what you're saying. It's a slippery slope to problems, so All right. let's go ahead and stay off it for now. All right. Jaguars defeated my Colts 24 nothing. It was I mean they I mean Trevor Lawrence he had a great game 25 of 30 235 two touchdowns Christian Kirk he had those two receiving touchdowns on 78 yards receiving mm-hmm. they were in control all game right the Colts I don't know what the problem is yeah well I know some of the problems like offensive line is garbage they, that's the most money occupied on this football team is offensive line yeah and they're terrible yeah like not left tackle Matt Pryor like. I don't know. Not giving it to Jonathan Taylor enough. I mean, he only had nine carries in this game. Matt Ryan had three picks. But I know early in the game, we were giving Jonathan Taylor the ball, and he wasn't going anywhere because the offensive line couldn't give him running lanes. Right. I mean, I guess that's a valid point, too. Yeah. So. So yeah, I just that's they they gotta they gotta pick it up. No, they do. They definitely gotta do. But you know who did step it up and in a shocking fashion? I know. The Jets defeat the Browns yeah. and they score 14 in the last two minutes. That includes the Browns scoring seven in that same time frame. I mean, Joe Flacco looked very, very good. And that's I something know. you don't say. I wanted to say electric, but that's just wrong. Yeah. I can't put Joe Flacco and electric in the same exact sentence outside of what I just did. But Joe <laughs> Flacco went 26 of 44 for 307, four tutties, two of which went to Garrett Wilson, who went eight receptions for 102 in those two touchdowns I already talked about. Nick Chubb had himself a game, 17 rushes for 87 yards, three touchdowns in the loss. Are you worried about the Browns? Can they hold water? Can they do what they got to do till Deshaun Watson gets back? I mean, I'm worried a little bit. I think I like Jacoby Brissett as a backup. Uh-huh. Not as your full-time starter. He's shown that when in Indianapolis. And multiple different places. Multiple sure. places where it's like, okay, he's good, mm-hmm. but he's not great. Right. Right? Yeah, no, I get you. I mean, like, I don't think Joe Flacco's great. I mean, I know he thinks he's elite, but <laughs> I, I just, I don't, he had a great game. Right. Kudos to him, but mm-hmm. I don't believe in him as far as taking the Jets to the playoffs or whatever it may be. Well, I don't think anybody can take the Jets to the playoffs. Yeah, so I don't think so It's kind of tough. Yeah, the Lions, they defeated the Commanders 36-27. Jared Goff, he had himself a game, 20 of 34 with 256 and four touchdowns. Um, 
Amon Ra St. Brown, man. Yeah, Amon Ra. What a what a name. What a great name. What a name. Has nine catches for 116, two tutties, and then also toted the rock two times for 68 additional. Yeah, and Carson Wentz, he wasn't terrible. He, had, he was 30 of 46, 337, three touchdowns, but he did have a, a costly pick. Yeah, I mean, it was late that he, you know, he kind of, yeah. you know, kind of turned it Forcing on. Forcing the issue. Yeah, the mm-hmm. Lions had this game in control. It was 22-0 at halftime. Do you believe in Dan Campbell? I, you know what, to tell you the truth, everything I saw on Hard Knocks and everything I'm seeing right now, I mean, they lost to a very good team. We're going to talk about them in a little bit. They lost to a very good team in week one, and they showed promise, came back in that game, and made it, made it kind of tight. And then they just destroy uh, a team that, you know, won week one. I, I mean, I know they won week yeah. one against a team that just blew out your Colts. Yeah. But, like, I, we don't think the Jags are great. But, I mean, the Commanders aren't horrible. Yeah. And, and they made them look like crap for the first two quarters and then kind of just put it on cruise control. And it kind of became a game, even though it wasn't a game. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and talk Bucks saints What an absolute, like, just snooze fest. Rock I mean, it was awful. It was awful. 20 to 10. I mean, the Bucks didn't look good. The Saints didn't look good. Jameis Winston's playing with two broken ribs. Yeah. Uh, and it showed as the Bucks defense had three picks, two by Dean, one by Edwards, and they also sacked him six times to make ends, uh, make matters even worse. Tom yeah. Brady, not even that great. 18 for 30, uh, 18 of 34 for 190. He only had to throw the one touchdown. So, you know, yeah. I, I don't really believe in, in this at all. Yeah, I don't, I'm not seeing it with the Bucks this year, but you know, you know, they could get better. I mean, Tom Brady's a a late season performer, right? I mean, so. he's he's good, so let's not you know let's not kill him yet. But yeah. at the same time, like this was an absolute snooze fest. And you know what? To tell you the truth, Bucks Saints games have been really good the last couple of years. Yeah. So I was kind of hoping for more, even though it didn't really turn out that way. Yeah, the surprising New York Giants. They defeated the Carolina Panthers 19 to 16. It wasn't high scoring. No, but it was uh, you know, kind of fest McCaffrey 15 102 rushing. He had four catches and 26 yards receiving. Graham Gano you know, was kind of the player of the game. Yeah. He had four field goals from 56, 51, 36, and 31. Yeah. So, I mean, sometimes you got to win those kind of games. Yeah, I mean, they, they did what they had to do. Carolina really was a non-factor. I mean, Baker's not looking good in his new uniform. No, he's not. Uh, you know, maybe Baker turns it on later, but really Carolina is struggling bad. Is there now 0-2? When did Baker get to Carolina? Because, like, you wonder if there's just, like, a lack of, like, reps with his new team. Yeah, I mean, he did get there late, but... You think a quarterback that, you know, he believes he's elite, he's betting on himself yeah. this year, he's not really doing anything that warrants a big contract. So I'm worried that Baker might be out of the league as far as a starting quarterback capacity. He'll find a backup role. He's good enough for that. Uh, but he's he's not going to be a starter next year if he keeps playing the way he he's is. He's not Johnny Manziel, but, you know, he's not. He's showing maybe he's not a starter either. No, definitely not. Let's talk about maybe a guy who shouldn't be starting either. Uh, Patriots <laughs> defeated the Steelers 17-14. to as Mitchell Trubisky did not have a good game. Let me pull up his stats real quick. Uh, but, you know, Mac Jones did enough to win. Yeah. 21 of 35, 252, a touchdown. A pick that was, you know, it, it feels like every time you play the Steelers, Minka Fitzpatrick finds his way to get his hands Dude, on the ball. Dude, that guy's a beast. He's unreal. Mitchell Trubisky went 21 of 33 for 168, a touchdown and an interception. Also got sacked three times for his total QBR of 35.3. Thankfully, thankfully, he had a quarterback that was worse than him. In you know in the week this year, so he doesn't yeah. get the donkey of the week like Matt Ryan did at a six point two QBR. Yep. Uh, but Nelson Aguilar, wow, I can't believe I'm saying this. Yeah. Uh, had a great touchdown catch. He had he six receptions for one ten and that touchdown that I just talked about in the win. You know, we both picked the Steelers to win this game. Steelers came out flat. Patriots did just enough to win. It kind of seems like what the new era of the Patriots are. Yeah. But you know, I mean, that's that's what they're doing. Their offensive line kept Mac Jones clean. Mac Jones didn't turn the ball over outside of that one interception, and you know they get the W. Yeah, and this must have been this had to have been the game of the week. It had to be the Dolphins game of the week. defeat the Ravens forty two thirty eight. Tua he's actually looking really good, which is easy to do when you have Tyreek Hill. And Jalen Waddle. Yeah, thirty six of fifty four sixty nine six touchdowns two picks. Mm-hmm. Jalen Waddle was great eleven catches one hundred seventy one yards two touchdowns, and his teammate Tyreek Hill eleven catches one hundred ninety yards two touchdowns. These this is this might be the best wide receiver duo in football. It is. It, it like it's not even a question. I mean, you know, and, and this is going against you know my team. I have AJ Brown and Devonta Smith on my squad, and this this duo is by far better. Oh yeah. Um. You know, the Dolphins pick Waddle before the the Eagles pick Smith. 
Waddle looks great. Yeah. Tyreek Hill is a beast. He's probably the like cheetah. He, he if you had to bet on, you know, one wide receiver to go one on one against the best corner in the league, I'm taking Tyreek Hill mm-hmm. because he can play physical against a physical corner, but he will outrun anybody. The man yeah. is so quick, so electric. There's no stopping him unless you got a guy over the top. Uh, so yeah, no, I would take Tyreek Hill as a one-on-one like superstar wide receiver battle. Uh, Lamar Jackson had a great game yeah. in the loss, twenty-one of twenty-nine, three eighteen, three touchdowns through the air. He went nine of uh, nine rushes for one nineteen and a touchdown rushing. I mean, this is not on Lamar Jackson. This is on the defense failing him as uh, he had a phenomenal game. He needs a better running attack along with him. Yeah, as he had one hundred nineteen of the one hundred fifty-five total yards. What did we say Baltimore. last year? Lamar Jackson cannot be their leading rusher. Right. For them to have, like, ultimate success. Oh, absolutely. Like, you can win games by him doing that, but, like, you can't... He had over 100... He almost had 120 yards rushing, and yeah. he still lost. Right, and that's that's not the recipe that, for success. No. And back to Tyreek Hill real quick. Go ahead. Like, Tyreek Hill, the thing about him, he's not just, like, a deep threat. No, You get not. that ball guy the ball in the flat, mm-hmm. and he can still, like, game-changing big play. Yeah, 100%. He's physical enough that he can take down a corner on some weak arm and tackle. You need to wrap him fast. up. He's super quick. It's unbelievable. Let's talk about another really, really good wideout. Rams defeated the Falcons in a thriller. Like, an absolute thriller. Yeah. You thought it was going to be a snooze fest. Ladies and gentlemen, I was watching this game on Red Zone late going, this is a snooze fest. There's no way. It was 21 to 3 at half. And then all of a sudden it was 28 to 10 at the end of the third quarter. And the Falcons poured it on, scoring 17 in the fourth. The Rams were holding on for dear life. And they do pull out the win, even though they lost versus the spread. It was like a nine and a half point spread. Way to go, Falcons, on covering. Matt (laughs) Stafford went... uh, 37 or 27 of yeah 27 of 36 for 272 three touchdowns two picks late cooper cup saving the bacon out there little cooper cup little cooper cup going 11 for 108 and two tutties but you know what we're going to give a hat tip to the rookie drake london eight catches 86 one touchdown i have a friend I'm, just, I'm gonna call him a friend. He's he was the best man at my wedding. He's, he's my best friend. <laughs> yeah, basically. I would I would say he's a friend. He's out in California. He actually went to the 49ers Bears games live or Seahawks game live to be you know just throwing that out there. Yeah, he was at the game. Watched Trey Lance shatter his ankle. I know I'm ruining something for you, but it's fine. <laughs> um, he has Kyle Pitts on his fantasy team. He's like, what's wrong with Kyle Pitts? Like, what's going on? I was like, listen, when you look at the Falcons offense, like, who are you worried about? It's Kyle Pitts. Like, yeah, you are worried about absolutely. Kyle Pitts. He is getting doubled. Okay, Mm -hmm. now that London had this game, he's going to take some pressure off of Kyle Pitts because Patterson out of the backfield, you're not really worried about. He's a running back. You're facing him differently than you are like a Kyle Pitts. Right. Right. So of that receiving court, now London's had this game. He showed what he can do for two straight games. I mean, he had a half decent game one, too. Now they're going to have to game plan for London. Kyle Pitts is going to get a little more open lately. If you can get Kyle Pitts on the cheap fantasy wise. I'd get him right now because I think he will have more of an uptick the more that London proves that he needs yeah. attention. And right now, he just found it in this first game here. Yeah, and like Marcus Mariota, like this game was close, and he didn't have a great game, but he was 17 and 26, 1 A6. He had two touchdowns, but he also had two picks. Right. But like Marcus Mariota, actually looking okay. Yeah, he's not uh, looking bad. You know, and of course, the key with Marcus Mariota, as we all know, is health. Right. Like, when, I mean, you're just waiting for him to break his leg. <laughs> like, and I hate to say it like that, but, like, seriously, like, that's his problem. It's right. never been talent. Yeah. It's all, can he stay on the field? Yeah, can he stay healthy slash can he, you know, just make, do yeah. enough. Yeah, he doesn't have to be, He can't you know, be the guy, but he can do enough. There he, have been can, plenty of quarterbacks that have done just enough and won decent amount. And so. I know that it's like a negative connotation when people say game manager. There's nothing wrong with being a game manager. No, there's nothing wrong. If with you're that. not turning the ball over, but you're just managing the offense, you're handing it off when you should, and you can make plays when on third down, mm-hmm. like that's fine. Right. So he just needs to stay on the field, keep getting those reps yep. and in this new offense, and I think he'll be good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 49ers, they defeated the Seahawks 27-7, Jimmy G., he was 13 21, 154, two touchdowns, one passing, one rushing. Mm-hmm. Tyler Lockett, nine catches, 107 yards. But the Niners D, as yep. they always are, yep. two picks, two sacks. Like they, they're like that's the reason why yep. this team's good. Absolutely. I mean, they did a lot of a lot of tackles for loss. I didn't put the stat here, but I think it was like 11 tackles for loss that included the two sacks. I mean, they kept 
Seahawks bottled up, and we know the Seahawks are bad. Like we yeah. know, sorry, Darren. They <laughs> shocked Denver week one. That was their coming out party. It was yeah. also their death because now people are just going to end their lives because the rest we because we know what Geno Smith. We is. know what Geno Smith is, and like Derwin even said this week, he's like, "Man, Geno's bad." And I was like, "I've been telling you this for weeks." <laughs> yeah, just because he won a Monday Night Football don't mean he's don't good. mean he's good, fam. Like yeah. we know how bad he is. Yeah. He was great at WVU. That was his peak, fam. That was a in while ago. College. That was a while ago. <laughs> For real. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about somebody who might not have peaked yet. Cowboys defeat the Bengals 20-17. Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush, 19 of 31 for 235 and a touchdown. T. Higgins in a losing effort, six catches for 71 and a touchdown. The true player of the game, though, the D- Dallas defense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they got after it. Six yeah. sacks, eight tackles. Or, no, sorry, 11 tackles for losses. Two pa- uh, Four pass defending. Two that should have probably been picked off yeah. as, I mean... Joe Burrow looks bad. In he's this game. he is struggling. Yeah, he I mean, is. look, I'm not telling you Matt Ryan's looking great for my Colts, right? But Joe Burrow, so far, he's been the worst quarterback in the NFL. 24, 36, 199, got sacked those six times. He had a 48.4 total QBR. Rate. Is he healthy? I like you some, think, some, something's like, got to be wrong. Something does have to. He's be wrong. he's too good to be this poor. Yeah, it's it's bad. Like. I'm gonna start calling them the Bungles again. Yeah, it's even bad. though they're, even though they're the AFC champs for sure. Uh, let's go ahead and talk uh, Broncos defeat the Texans. What a rock fight uh-huh. this was too. Yep. Jerry Judy goes down early, but Cortland Sutton had a game. Seven receptions for 122 yards. McManus is their player of the game. Yeah. He had three field goals. He also had his extra point. Uh, 50, 24, and 20. It literally was the Broncos were knocking on the door, couldn't get it in. Texans defense, Ben, don't break. Don't. Yeah. They- break. They're, they're improving. They're improving. Yeah. I like it. I mean, that, of course, it's funny. It's like Colts. You tie week one. You lose week two mm-hmm. to the team that had the number one pick and the number three pick. It's like, well, I will say this. The Texans, they're more formidable. I think yep. Davis Mills is solid. Yep. And the Jaguars, they're they're getting better. Right. And Trevor Lawrence, we know how talented he is, and now they have Doug Peterson. I'm not telling you they're going to be playoff teams because they're not. But, you know, I thought the Colts could be a sneaky Super Bowl team, and they're looking like hot garbage. Yeah, absolute hot garbage for sure. Now the Cardinals, they defeated the Raiders. It was actually a really good game. Kyler Murray came up big late. Overtime win, too. I know. Phenomenal Thir- game. He, he was 31, a 49, 277, two touchdowns, a passing and a rushing touchdown. David Carr, I like David Carr. I'm uh-huh. a big David Carr fan. You mean Derek Carr? Did I say David? You did say David. I meant Derek. It's fine. Sorry. I mean, his, well, bro- his <laughs> brother was not good. You know, his brother his brother was sitting on the couch at NFL Network. Yeah. Uh, he was 25 of 39, 252, two touchdowns. They had a chance to win, but the Cardinals late to force overtime and then win in overtime. So, yeah. you know, they, I, I'm not a Cardinals fan. Like, I'm not a believer in Kyler Murray. Right. But they they looked real good against the Raiders. Yeah, I mean they came back and did a lot of things. They had to get two touchdowns and two two point conversions. They did it. So you know, kudos to them for sure. And a team that rebounded after a week one where it was like eh, the yep. Packers. They defeated the Bears twenty seven ten. Aaron Rodgers he was nineteen twenty five two thirty four two touchdowns. But the player of the game Jones yep. fifteen rushes one hundred thirty two yards two touchdowns one rushing one receiving. He is super talented back and they have Dylan. Who's, yep. who's underrated unto itself. So, unfortunately, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a ton of weapons to throw to, so the running backs are definitely going to get involved in the pass game every week. Absolutely. And you know what? A little hat tip to David Montgomery. There were talks that he was going to lose his starting touches uh, to Herbert, Khalil Herbert. But you know what? He showed up big in this game. Yeah. 15 rushes for 122. I know he didn't find the end zone, but there was nothing really going for the Bears. So, you know, the fact that he was able to do that, really, really do strong you, for Do you believe runner. in Justin Fields long term? I mean, not with the performance that I saw on Sunday night. He went 7 yeah. of 11 for, like, not even 100 yards. It was bad. Yeah, I, I, I want to believe in Justin Fields, but he's not showing me a lot. I think they needed to just develop a better game plan for him. Let him utilize yeah. his, his, his strengths, legs. which are our legs. Give him some naked boots. Give him some yeah. options. Give him some easy throws to get him into a rhythm, and then let him keep going. There's I don't... some guy named Lamar Jackson where it works out pretty good. Yeah, preach. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about my birds. Ah, let's go. Eagles yeah. win 24-7. Yeah. Big one. Jalen Hurts, your Dude, player of the he game. he was great. Phenomenal. He, he great. goes 26 of 31 for 333 yards, three touchdowns, one of which was passing, and it was on a deep pass to Quez Watkins, and they, they didn't even oh, yeah. show it. <laughs> yeah, we were calling the game on Colorcast. We were. And... <laughs> All of a sudden, come back from commercial and Quez Watkins is celebrating, and they're talking about the 
the touchdown. It's like, we didn't see yeah, it. Yeah, like what happened to ABC in Richmond? Like what yeah. are you doing to me keeping me in commercial? Yeah. Uh, but he did have two with his legs too. I mean, he's been phenomenal. Yeah. Devonta Smith, rebound game for him. Catches all seven of his targets for 80 yards. But the defense, man. The defense, phenomenal. Three picks, two sacks, two interceptions by Darius Slay was the defensive he's player good. of the week. He's phenomenal. He caught the second one with a hurt foot. Like they wanted to they wanted to take him out and he's like, "No, no. <laughs> Next play, pick." Like phenomenal. Darius Slay, him and Bradbury, best quarterback tandem in the league right we now. We're talking about we're it. We're talking about I think it is. I think it is. Their their safety position is where it's like but yeah. when they got Gardner Johnson with the trade with the Saints, safety position a little bit tick up. So yeah. I'm, I'm liking what the Eagles are doing. I don't. I'm not going to sit there and say they're the best in the NFC. They're the best in the NFC East, yeah. and that's what's important to me. You got to get to the playoffs. The easiest way to do it, beat. Dude, uh, win your I think division. I think the Eagles are quickly becoming the best defense in the NFC. Oof, ooh, that's that is bold. I, w- my I won't say it. I know. I won't say it yet. We're only week two. They're getting there. But I I love every level of that defense. Yeah, I think they like, need a little front, bit I mean, more pressure. Fletcher up front, but and, that's and we it. talked about this. I I kind of like Fletcher Cox being kind of like DN. Yeah, he's got the quickness. Yeah, and then yeah. Hassan Reddick or Riddick? Is it Riddick or Reddick? Riddick. Riddick. Yeah, he's great. And then the secondary with Slay Bradbury, like I'm digging. Yeah, I'm digging this defense. And you can't can't hate on Devonta Maddox or excuse me, Avante Maddox. Yeah, he's the one who got the third pick. So I mean, that secondary is looking is looking better than I thought it would. Yeah. Okay, the other <laughs> the other game, the Bills massacred yeah. the Titans, 41-7. Yeah, Stephon Diggs, 12 catches, 148 yards, three touchdowns. Josh Allen, 26 of 38, 317 yards, four touchdowns. He had a nice game. He, I mean, well, do you expect anything less? Yeah, from Josh I mean, Allen? this this team looks and, good. And the Titans, man, they're they're not looking. You good. know, everyone thought coming into the year. I did myself. AFC South, it's between Colts, Titans, and both teams were like. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Willis got into this game late. I was, I was happy to see him. Liberty. Liberty. But, you know, and Derek, I think he's the future, but. Derrick Henry only had 26, or 25 yards on 13 I carries. I that's mean, not good. Yeah. It's not good whatsoever. He, he helped me lose a bet. <laughs> yeah. I, I expected a lot more from Derrick Henry. Yeah, you should. But it is what it is. But then I thought, oh, well, it's Bills D. Duh. Right. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're def- Vaughn but, Miller is making all the difference for yeah, the defense. I just keep thinking, like, okay, I know the Bills defense is good, but Derrick Henry's awesome. So, yeah, you're right. You're, you're they, 100% correct. They can't correct. keep it close enough for just to keep giving him the rock? Yeah. Nope. Well, I, I will say this. My boy Blake Haskins, Tuesday morning. Now, Blake is. A diehard Bills fan. Like, oh, really? Huge diehard Bills fan. Dude, He's like, man, both of our squads look good last night. Can you imagine <laughs> Bills Eagles Super Bowl? Gosh. I said there would be no tables. <laughs> yeah. And all the batteries would be gone from remotes for yeah. wherever the Super Dude, Bowl is. Dude, all I know is there are a lot of Bills fans in Virginia. Yeah. There's a lot. I mean, my boy I, Blake's up in PA. I have yeah. a couple buddies here in Virginia that yeah. are huge Bills fans. Oh, a guy I bowl with's a big Bills fan. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,. I mean now, Bills now, Mafia represent. Now they're coming out of the woodwork. Now that they have a really good team. Yeah, they're stepping but, out of the. Woodwork. But I know my buddy Jeremy. He's like, man, I know the Bills are like the team to beat, but like I hate that everyone likes the Bills. Yep. I like it when we're, like no one talks about us. You like the underdog mentality. Yeah. It's good. I mean, Buffalo. That's where you are. You're just you're cold. You're, you're, <laughs> you're up cold. there next to Canada. Smash, you just, you smashing be, your girlfriend on the table. Yeah, you you want to you want to be not known, but you want to be there. And you know, right now you're known. You everybody knows you're there. I will say, no, no one is off limits on getting thrown through a table. Right, for sure. Yeah, everybody goes through. Even your grandma, as long as yeah. she's on Fosamax. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the picks. And Ugh. the picks we differed, I was 3-0 and the consecutive weeks undefeated on yeah. the picks we differed. So I am on the differences up 5 nothing. The totals 22-9-1 for myself, 17-14-1 for Parkers. I went 12-4 and last week. You went 9-7. and Yeah, you know what? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish strong. And guess what? You got to hope. You're still getting a pie in the face. Yeah, I know. I, I Right now. Yeah, we're, I, we're getting there. We haven't gotten there yet, but yeah. it's going to happen. We, we're just, you know, waiting for the right time. All right. Well, that's <laughs> it for the week two wrap up. When we return, we've got two MLB segments. One, we're talking playoff picture in the hot news. The second one, we're giving our award show. All that when we return. Yeah. 
Welcome back as we get into MLB talk time. Let's go start up the truck. Let's go. Talking about the big stories in Major League Baseball. Parker, hit us with the big four. Aaron Judge. He's Ooh. really like the big story. We right? might be talking about him in the next segment. Just he, a little bit. Just a little bit. Just but he's, little bit. he's leading in all three Triple Crown categories mm-hmm. heading tonight. Tonight, not the other night. Yeah, yeah. I, I know in the news initially, I uh, <laughs> did it like heading into Wednesday. Right, no, no. But, you know, it's Thursday. So he's yep. leading average, 317, has 60 homers leading the way, and 120 RBIs. Uh, the only thing he has to worry about is batting average. Right. And, and, and it's because Bogart, like, I, I watched it this morning. He is at 31707. Yeah. Bogart is right behind him at 31660. Yeah, it's close. It's tight. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, but last night he hits, you know, he goes two for four with a walk, two doubles. Like, doesn't, doesn't no reach homers? the seats. No homers. <laughs> doesn't reach the seats, but he did have two doubles. So, you know, I mean, he's hitting for average. Yeah. I mean. He hit a 60th home run Tuesday night right. against Pittsburgh tying Babe Ruth. You know right. who that is? Yeah, he might be pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. And the other big news, there, there are a couple uh, front office changes. Mm-hmm. So the Tigers, they hired Scott Harris as president of baseball operations. Right. The Tigers fired Alavila. Been there a while. Been with the organization for a long time. For a long time. V- he was uh, the VP and GM. And he was fired on August 10th. And then Harris was the GM of the Giants under President of Baseball Operations, Farhan Zaidi. Yeah. So and I, I know Harris, he, you know, was with the Cubs under Theo. Like, he's, he has a lot of experience in the front office. Right. I think he's going to do great things for Detroit. I mm-hmm. had them as a sneaky playoff team. Oops, I was really wrong. Right. Um, and then the Royals, they fired longtime President of Baseball Ops, Dayton Moore. J.J. Piccolo will take over as GM and executive VP. Let me let me just say this about Dayton Moore. Like, what a class act. I, I'm yeah. just, just going to throw this out here. I mean, the man takes nothing in Kansas City, right. brings them one World Series, almost two. Almost two. I mean, back-to-back. Back, right. They were, I mean, yeah. it was almost two. Like, it probably should have been two. Let's not lie to ourselves. And then the man gets essentially shown the door before the offseason, yeah. which... Royal's not the greatest move for this guy. Yeah. Like, yeah. And he showed up to his presser and was like, you know what? It happens. You still got to win in this sport. Mm-hmm. Things like it's Kansas city people. Yeah. Like they're a small market town and he brought a world series almost two yeah. in his, I think it's a 13 year tenure. Like looked at all the players he acquired yeah. for, you know, everything drafted extremely well. I mean, you know what? Dayton Moore is going to be the biggest free yeah. agent this offseason. It's not going to be a player. I know there's plenty of players out yeah. there, like Xander Bogarts might opt Judge. out. <laughs> Judge. You know, there, there's Big plenty of players. Yeah, yeah, a lot of shortstops, right? This man will be the biggest offseason acquisition for any front office or any team in general, this man is 100% yeah. a class act. Dayton Moore's a great baseball man. He started his career with the Braves under John Sherholtz. Mm-hmm. And then I know I know several years ago when the Braves were looking for a general manager, they wanted to talk to him. The Royals would not let them do that. Yeah. And so, of course, then we hired John Campolella, and that didn't work out because he got banned for life. And then, <laughs> but it did work out because we got Alex Anthopoulos, mm-hmm. and he won us World Series. Right. I would love Dayton Moore as a Brave GM. He, <laughs> I love Alex Anthopoulos more, but Dayton Moore's a great baseball man. He grew up in the Braves organization under John Schultz, who's a Hall of Fame GM. Right. So he's definitely going to get a new job. Yeah. And it'll probably be a bigger market, bigger team. Right. A, a lot more cash flow. Yeah, 100%. Where you can do a little flow. bit more things. There's only four teams that had less cash flow than the Kansas City Royals. Yeah. So. so he did a great job in Kansas City. I don't think this had anything to do with him as a baseball man. It was like, you know what? He was a long tenure. It's a new voice. It's a new it, voice. New that voice. They yep. And, you know, they're going a new direction. I actually think the Royals are on the verge of getting back to being good. I think so as well. And like, I think it was because of Dayton Moore. They, they you're gonna have a lull, right? I like, mean, Bobby Witt Jr. is awesome. Yeah, they, the first is... baseman, Vinny Pasquantino, who who is from here, Richmond, Virginia. Yep. Uh, like they have a lot of other young guys that mm-hmm. like this team is on the rise. Oh, for sure. So I feel bad for Dayton that he's not gonna be able to see that because mm-hmm. he's the reason why these young guys are in that organization. Yeah. But I think it's also good for Dayton start over somewhere yep. new. You know, get, give give him another shot with a bigger market. I'm absolutely. 100% in it. Yeah. All right, well, let's go ahead and jump into the playoff picture. We have between 12 and 14 games remaining across the entire Can you believe that? Base. Well, I actually think it's 11 for the Mets, I think, is the the lowest. 
Yeah, the Mets have 11 games uh, left. But, yeah, between 11 for the Mets and then but mainly 12 to 14 for everybody else. Yeah. Let's talk about the playoff picture. Let's dive in. Let's start <laughs> with the junior circuit in the AL. Let's look at the divisions. The Astros have clinched the West. Yes. Their magic number for the one seed is five over the New York Yankees. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, and when I say magic number, for anybody that doesn't know that, that is combined wins, wins by the and team. And team losses. And, yeah, so the team that I say over so-and-so, so over the Yankees, Yankees losses match with or Astros wins. Yes. Uh, gets you that magic number. Can you believe that the Yankees are not going to be the one seed in the American League? After how bad they played, I'm just shocked they're probably going to win their division. But I mean, considering considering how they started off like oh, the first two, you. three months of I'm the season. I'm with you. I'm, I understand where you're coming from, but we always know that the Astros just find heat. Yeah. They've done it. The Yankees have literally fallen off of a cliff. They have. But thankfully, they They're caught themselves to, halfway down. Starting to pick it back up, thanks to Aaron Judge. Right. But, yeah. I, well, just, I mean, we might as well talk about the Yankees. Yeah, talk about We it. thought they were going to be left for dead there for a little bit. A little bit. Their magic number is 8 versus Toronto, 6 versus Tampa Bay, three or 2 versus Baltimore. They got a 99.4% chance to win their division. I think they'll get in. They're in the postseason. <laughs> it's done. All these percentages for division and postseason, courteous of CBS Sports. I feel like I have to throw yeah. that out there for, you know, throw it out legal there. reasons. Yeah, we don't want to get... Right. <laughs> yeah. And let's talk about the Central. A team that we never thought had a chance. Yeah. Cleveland. The is Guardians. probably going to win this division. They yeah, got a probably. 90... They're, they're the same percentage as the Yankees to win the East. 99.4 yeah. to get into the division and the postseason. Because if they don't win their division, they're not in the postseason. Uh, right. They have a magic number of 8 versus the White Sox, 5 versus Minnesota. I'm pretty sure... My Minnesota Twins are dead. Your White Sox, they got life, but it's not much. Yeah. Let's talk about the AL wild card now. Yeah. Toronto's sitting in the four seed. They've got a magic number of eight over Baltimore, yeah, they're in. six over the White Sox, three over Minnesota and Boston. They're basically virtually in at 99.9%. Yeah. Tampa Bay is the five. They got a 10 versus Baltimore, eight versus the White Sox, five versus Minnesota and Boston. And then Seattle is 11, 9, 6, and 6, respectively. All of these teams have over a 98% chance to make the postseason. Yeah. This is basically a lock. I think the American League is locked up. I think so, too. I But, you know, you got to throw it out there. You got to throw it out there. There's always... Look, I remember one year the Braves with a month left in the season. It looked like they were going to be the wild card team. Mm-hmm. Cardinals were behind us. It's like, oh, well, we they're not in our division, so we don't play head-to-head anymore with yep. them. We collapsed, Cardinals surged, and they won won the wild card spot. That's what happened in the Mets versus uh, the Phillies back in the early 2000s. And and that was whenever it was one wild card, not three. So, yeah, I mean, this is is basically locked up. But, again, uh, Baltimore... Oh gosh, Chicago I'd love, I White would love Sox for Baltimore to get in, and also Minnesota and Boston are not eliminated. Those are the only teams that aren't eliminated. Boston's in the kind NFL. of eliminated. They're, they <laughs> are eliminated, but the, t- mathematically they're yeah, not. Ma- mathematically they're not. So but, I put them know, on the list. That's fair. I'm not mad at you. I'm just saying, you know, when you watch them, they're basically out of it. Right. I mean, now that the five teams that are eliminated: the Angels, the Rangers, the Royals, the Tigers, and Oakland never had a chance. But <laughs> yeah. all, all of them are out big yeah. time. Like they've been out. So. You know, those are the teams that still have a shot. Let's go to the senior circuit. Parker, start us off. So the Mets, they are leading the NL East barely by one game. They have 12. Their magic number is 12 over the Braves. They have a 64.5% chance to win the division. The Braves, 14. Magic number over the Mets. Yep. They have a 35.5% chance to win the division. They both have won a clinch of playoff spots, so they're both in. Yeah. Moving to the, the Central, the Cardinals. Their magic number is six over the Brewers. They have a 99% chance to win the division, 99.7% chance to win, uh, get a postseason berth. Correct. Excuse me. Yeah, you're good. And the Dodgers, they've already clinched the, the West and home field. Their magic number is four over, o- the, over Mets the Mets in and Atlanta Atlanta to get home field. field. Yes, yeah, yeah. correct. Yeah, yeah. just want to yeah. get you there. Sorry, my, uh-huh. my words on the script are not great. Yeah, I mean, I understand it, but when you're trying to like read it quickly, yeah, right. I'm, I'm just you. like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with it. Yeah. So for home field advantage, they only have to worry about the Mets in Atlanta, and uh, the magic number is four. It's basically over. Yeah, basically. Let, let's let's not lie to ourselves. And look at the National League wild card. Atlanta has clinched a playoff spot, but they're the four seed. They, their magic number is four over the Padres and three over the Phillies. Mm-hmm. The Padres, their magic number is ten over the Brewers. 
And three over the San Francisco San Francisco Giants. Correct. And the Phillies' magic number is 12 over the Brewers and five over the Giants, two over Arizona. Basic, honestly, the playoff spots are locked up in both leagues. Outside of Milwaukee. Like, Milwaukee's the only team. They've played a little bit better, but. Uh, but they're the know. only team that has a double-digit magic number left for, yeah. for two teams, right? So they're 12 for the Phillies. And then ten for San Diego, and then there's there's thirteen, fourteen games left. So like, yeah. Milwaukee's basically got to win ten. Yeah, because really like, San Diego's not losing more than eight. Like that, that's not. not happening. Probably not. And then Philly, because of how weak their schedule is, and because their last three games are against Houston, Houston's literally just going to line up pitchers that last week. Yeah. But I mean, well, Houston will probably have the buy, so they don't really care. But they yeah, might be just they, throwing arms. But they're like eight deep. Right. So, like, they can go. Yeah. So, I'm not worried about the Phillies' last series, even though it's like the, oh, my gosh, series. But they, yeah. they've got the Braves. They've you, got the, the Cubs. They've got the Nationals for five. Yeah. You know who's a sneaky, like, I'm not going to say. I say World Series team not because I think they're going to win it, but like a sneaky team to, like, run through the National League. Right. The Padres. Yeah. Because when you look at their roster, now, they haven't. it hasn't come all together. Right. But you do have Soto, mm-hmm. some guy named Josh Hader in the back end. I think he'll figure it out. Yeah, he's, he's too talented. Right. Like, they have the pieces. Like, when you look on paper, that team is better than what their record says. Right, 100%. Like, they should have competed with the Dodgers more to, for that division. Now, I know the Dodgers are great. They're the best team in the sport. Mm-hmm. They've won a billion games. Right. So, I'm not saying they would have won the division over the Dodgers, but I think they would have made it more competitive where the Dodgers oh, yeah. wouldn't have already clinched. Right. So I, I do think when you look at the roster, I think the Padres could be a sneaky team. Get them in the postseason. Maybe it lights a fire under them. Manny Machado has been amazing. Mm-hmm. And then if Soto gets going, like, that's a pretty dynamic duo right yeah, there. pretty. And they had the arm, like, Hugh Darvish. Mm-hmm. Like, no one's talking about him. No. And he's nasty. Yeah, he's absolutely nasty. I do want to throw this out here. Somebody is buying dinner for this guy right here. As the bet pays off, Arizona has beaten Washington. Knuckles. It's been official for like a week and a half now, but somebody owes me dinner. Yeah. And that's certain someone I'm not going to put on the air, but he's been on the air. He's, he's been, been on, with us. He's been on these waves. He has been on these airwaves. So, sir, you <laughs> owe me dinner. Place to be determined, and I will let you all know. The listeners that have that have battled with me and have rooted yeah. for the Diamondbacks, you know, <laughs> to help me win a dinner. Um, I thank you. I thank you for being with me. It all me. started with Seth Beer. It all started with Seth Beer. It yeah. all started with this certain someone being in Arizona watching Seth Beer. Yeah. And then posing a question. I was like, eh, <laughs> I'll take the Diamondbacks. Yeah. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. But thank you. Dinner, I cannot wait. It's going to be great. Yeah. All right. Well, when we return, we're going to get on the bright lights. We're going to roll out the red carpet for the big four awards in MLB. Who is it going to be? MVP, Cy Young, Rookie of the Year, Manager of the Year, all that. Parker and CJ's picks for all four when we return. Welcome to the inaugural (laughs) CJ and Parker MLB Awards Ceremony. I like that. I like that intro. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty good, right? Yeah, it was good. All right, so we've rolled out the red carpet. <laughs> yeah. We're bringing in all the big names. Yeah. We're talking all of them. Let's start off with the lesser of the four, but sometimes, and especially in one of these cases, I'm doing a little precursor here, mm-hmm. is the biggest job in Major League Baseball. Let's talk about... The guys who make sure everything happens right. Let's talk about him. Manager of the year. All right. Who we got? We're starting off in the junior circuit. Let's talk. Let's talk some AL. Our AL manager of the year is Brandon Hyde, Brandon Hyde. of the Baltimore Orioles. Well done. Yeah, and our honorable mention, Scott Service of the Seattle Mariners. You know, both managers have done a phenomenal job. Absolutely. Brandon Hyde with the Orioles that we all thought was going to lose 100 games. Yeah. They're going to be above 500 and maybe squeeze in the second wild card. Maybe. Maybe. It's It's, it's an outside shot, and it's it's not going to happen. Right. But they're they're competing. Yeah. And then Scott Service, he's going to break a a 20-year-old curse. Right. They haven't been in the playoffs since 2001. Correct. Yeah, I mean, it's been phenomenal. Scott started off the year phenomenally with one conversation and one conversation only. He pulls in J-Rod, yeah. and he says, you know what? The time has come. We're calling you up. Yeah. Welcome to the J-Show. Yeah. The J-Rod Show. And, and as soon as he said that, he was on the fast track to being 
to being our manager of the year. If Hyde doesn't have Baltimore over 500, he's not. Let, let's say they go 80 and 82. I'm giving him a golf clap. Well yeah. done. Yeah. They're going to finish over 500. Yeah. Like, and, and, and I know it's not like and real th- close. This team is like next year. I'm not saying. Right. Uh, it's way too early, right? Mm-hmm. No, 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 I'm no, not no. saying they're going to win the East. But they're they're gonna compete. They're gonna be definitely in the wild card conversation from from Jump Street next year. Because you got Adley Rushman. Mm-hmm. I think we all agree he's like the next modern. Like he's the next Buster Posey. Yeah. Uh, Gunner. Yep. Love him. Looking really good so far since and the, his call and, up. And look, they have a pitcher that we he's the number one pitching prospect in the sport. I think we all think he's gonna be good. Grayson Rodriguez. Yep. He's gonna and I know he's been shut down. He's not coming up this year. Yep. But I think he's going to be special, and like in the off season, like they got money to spend. Yeah, they got I'm not some gonna, spending. They're not the Yankees, but they can go go get like a like a third starter, right? Like a, a number three, number two starter. Yeah, they need they need starting pitching more than they need like bats. Bats like Cedric Mullins, he good. Yeah, like, I mean they're, they're I mean, and they gave away pieces. They in gave the away deadline, Mancini, and they're still good. So yeah. like, listen, great job, Hyde. Amazing job, phenomenal job. Like I, I can't even imagine it. Yeah. But like, if you had to give an MLB award, like he Hyde is number two mm-hmm. compared to this guy. We're going to the NL. This is manager of the league for the NL, but it might as well be for Major League Baseball. Yeah, absolutely. And I know, I know, it's easy to say you've got a perennial Cy Young favorite. Yeah, two of them. You have two Hall of Famers. You've got a massive payroll. Uh huh. And all, the, but yet they had all this last year and failed. Uh huh. Buck Showalter shows up in New York and he's puts the, the hammer down. He's, he's the reason. And the Mets are phenomenal. Buck Showalter, yeah, wins our National League Manager of the Year. We're going to give an honorable mention to my man, who's currently interim manager, Rob Thompson. He's been he's he's done a great job ever since Joe Girardi was canned. The Phillies would be three games out or less. Mark my words, as I think they'd already be at ninety wins this year. I don't disagree. If if they if if Thompson was the manager from Jump Street, Joe Girardi just didn't work. It didn't. Yeah. And you know what? It's fine. I'm over it. Rob Thompson deserves <laughs> the manager spot next year. For what he's done, the Phillies have been great ever since he showed up. I think they're going to be great next year if he is the manager. He's our honorable mention, but Buck Showalter has done such a good job with New yeah. York because he's held those players accountable. Yes. Like, let's look at what they did last year, you know, and what they did earlier in the year, and then Buck laid it down. I mean, they were, like, booing the, they were booing the fans. They were putting the thumbs down to yeah. the fans and all yeah. that crap. Buck sat there and said, nope. Nope. Yeah. Y'all are baseball players. They're allowed to boo. They're allowed to boo you because they paid money to come see you, and you were underperforming. They can boo you. Yeah. And as soon as that happened, the Mets decided. You know what? You're right. We're playing ball. They've played great all year. Buck Showalter, manager of the year. Let's talk about the rookies now. I mean, just on Buck, real quick. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, I went on a small (laughs) rant. That's okay. You look at one guy in particular on the Mets team that Buck Showalter like. He's the reason why he's playing this way. Jeff McNeil. Yeah. Because I know Jeff McNeil last year was like, I'm going to hit homers. It's like, dude, I know you can do it. Yeah. But you're an incredible contact hitter. And it's just like, yep. I'm, I'm just, I want to put the ball in play. If Buck Showalter is not the manager, he doesn't have that mindset. No, he doesn't. Because the modern manager is like, yeah, pull it. If you want to, if you want to look at Jeff McNeil, I mean, who goes I mean, from Brandon Nimmo to who goes Jeff McNeil batted like two. Forty last year, and he's a th- I'm, he's, he's a three hundred hitter. He's three twenty this year. Yeah, like that's insane. Yeah. So and that's well that's done. that's bucks in yeah, huge, that's buck. like yeah, that's sure. buck ball. Yeah, it's not like just hit homers. I like they have guys who can do it. Pete Alonso, Francisco right. Lindor, but it's like and like another guy that's underrated on that Mets team, Guillerme. Yeah, utility infielder. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't necessarily play every day, but he plays a lot, and he. he like exemplifies what Buck, Sh- Buck right. Showalter is as a man. Well, and see, this is the thing, and everybody's gonna sit there and go, "Well, why didn't Buck Showalter work in Baltimore?" It did work. It, it worked, but at the same time, like Buck Showalter needs vets mm-hmm. because he can drill into the vets, and then the vets drill into the rookies, drill into the young guys. Yeah. If you got a bunch of young guys, that message is lost. Yes. 
The Mets have a good mix because they spend money. Yeah. So they've got veteran guys. So Buck can like lean into the like he leaned into Lindor as you talked about McNeil. Yeah. I mean he leaned into Scherzer, leaned into Degrom when Degrom came back, and then those players leaned into the rookies. Mm-hmm. That's what works with Buck. And Baltimore didn't work as well when they didn't really have that much talent. But two, they had a bunch of young guys, and so when Buck tried to lean into somebody, they just broke. Yeah. So, but I mean, you look at Baltimore. Who was like the biggest like Buck guy? JJ Hardy. Yeah. Shortstop. Right. Just consistent. Yeah. Gold glove type guy could contact. Had some power. Sneaky power. And like you had a, a young Manny Machado. He was great. Adam Jones was that mm-hmm. captain, that leader. Like they were a good team. They they didn't reach the pinnacle. Right. And I'm not saying the Mets can't do that. They definitely have all the pieces to do right. it. And it helps when your owner is Steve Cohen. Right. But, like, Buck Showalter is the reason why the Mets are in first place. For sure. For sure. Yeah. All, right, all right. Let's, let's get, go. Let's get into the rookies now. Rookies, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you did add that, though. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about the NL. I, I know because, you know, it's, it's two of your guys. Yep. We're going to give it to Spencer Strider. I don't hate. Look. I mean, after the 16 strikeout performance, it's like, how is he not rookie? He's got over 200 strikeouts in 130 innings. Yeah, here's the last guy to do that as a rookie, Randy Johnson. Right. Now, here's what I'm saying. Michael Harris, dude, that that team is good. That like the reason why the Braves are where they're at is because of Michael Harris. Right. The minute we called him up and put him in center field with his great defense and just his consistent offense, mm-hmm. the team went to another level. Yeah. So it's hard for me not to pick Michael Harris because he plays every day. Right. He's an impact every day. But mm-hmm. what Spencer Strider is doing, I know I, I I've said this to people before, and I don't. I, it's a little it's a little hyperbolic. Right. But like Spencer Strider is a is a smaller version of Jacob Degrom. Mm-hmm. It's big fastball. Nasty slider. Yeah, he only. Need, I mean, he has an occasional changeup, but it's really two pitches. Yeah, and you know, here's the thing though. I I don't understand, and and I know everybody says it explodes out of his hands. If I'm facing Spencer Strider, I'm making him beat me with the slider. I am literally going to sit on fastball. I will strike out however many times. It does not matter. I will literally sit on his fastball, and eventually he's going to miss, and I'm going to be on time. The problem is with him is he throws 98 and then he's got that slider at like 86, 87. Yeah. It just falls off a table. I ain't hitting that. But I will say this. Brian Sinker said in a post-game interview after one of Strider starts, and they asked him about the fastball. And Sinker goes, I've talked to other like players on other teams, and they say it's different. Yeah. It rides up. Right. But, right? Like but he, if you he's know a sm- that, he's a smaller guy. It. Right. But like it's not just like – it's not straight. It's riding up. Mm-hmm. Like – and and a it's at a hundred. Yeah, a lot of a lot of fastballs with that much speed. You've got so much backspin. Like usually it's flat or it goes it has down. Yeah, you no, know, it's it's kind of like and not and it's not literally going up. Right, but because he's a smaller guy, they said the and same. His arm angle and it's just kind of going like up. They said the same thing with Jamison Tyon when he was with Pittsburgh. Eventually, people because his secondary stuff wasn't as good. They sat on fastball and they realized, hey, it, it rides. So just aim for the top half of the ball, and yeah. eventually you'll hit those line drives. I think that's what will happen with Strider, but the problem is his, his slider's so good yeah. that and honestly, it, it plays his fastball up. His changeup ain't bad. No, it's he not. Does, he does he like, like 5% it. of the time. Right, and that's all you need, just a little, just yeah. a little wrinkle. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Strider, well done, rookie of the year. Absolutely. Proud of you. Let's go ahead to the AL. This is an easy, easy one. one. J-Rod. J-Rod's not even close. Adley Rutschman, great, great season for Baltimore. J Rod's been the show, the All answer, year. everything. They thought it was going to be the other guy. I can't even remember his name. Klenonic, Celtic, whatever the heck his name Kel- is. Oh, Kelnick. Kelnick. That's yeah, the they, word. They I thought like, he was going to be. I was like, who you talking about? They thought it was going to be J Rod and Kelnick kind of running it out. Kelnick did nothing. Yeah. J Rod's held the show, done everything. Seattle. What's the crazy thing with J Rod is if he didn't get hurt, he might be in the MVP conversation. Yeah, he might be. He might be. But he got hurt, so yeah, he unfortunately, mm-hmm. we're not going to jump straight to MVP. We're going to talk Cy Young first. Yeah, let's talk about the pitchers. Let's go NL because I think there's a bigger case for a lot more people in the NL. Yeah, there's a case. It's not the right one. We're going to talk about the guys who have cases. All right. So we have Urias of the Dodgers, mm-hmm. Gallon of Arizona, and my guy Max Reed. I know I'm biased. 
But just let's just look at Max Fried real quick. Go ahead. He's thirteen and six. Okay. Two five two ERA. Right. One hundred and fifty nine strikeouts over one hundred and seventy five and third innings. Right. And a one point zero two WHIP. Not denying. Oh, and the Braves have the fourth best record in the sport. Not not disagreeing with that. Let's talk about Gallon. Twelve yeah. and three yeah. for a team that is just you know seventy and eighty right now. They compete. <laughs> Uh, has has the best whip in the sport. Yep. In the sport, not just the elite, not just the NL in the sport. Yeah. And has the best hit per nine. Mm-hmm. He's missing bats, and when he doesn't miss bats, because he doesn't have the high strikeout number. I mean, batting average against is one eighty six, which is leading weak. Nationally. Yeah. Contact. It's yeah. just weak contact. Like when the Phillies go out to Arizona, when they went out to Arizona and they face Gallon, it was just. Nothing but pounding the ball into the dirt. Yeah. And then if it wasn't pounded into the dirt, it was sky high and it never left the infield. I mean, Gallon is phenomenal. Again, 12-3 and three for a team that's losing probably, you know, 85 to 90 games this year. And to think he, he would he would have been a Marlin. Right. I mean, there's... Could you imagine right. Gallon and Alcantara? And then if if uh, Hernandez, RIP. Oh, jeez. I, I, I don't know how I forgot about him. Right. Like that, imagine those. That, that's th- oh, kind, that's kind of like the downturn of that organization right. is when he passed. When he passed. Yeah. R.I.P. R.I.P. I mean, just that tragedy that could have been. Oh what yeah. Better. But let's talk about the guy who should win it. Like, and and I know he's had a couple of rough outings lately. Yeah. But Sandy Alcantara deserves the NL Cy Young. He has a war that is more than 1.5 higher than any other pitcher yeah. in the in the National League in Urias who's next at like 4.9 he's at like 64 i want to say 64 yeah something so like that. so like Alcantara deserves this or yeah. Alcantara excuse me i always want to say Alcantara Alcantara I've heard it both ways right but I, from him he said Alcantara okay so well if, it, if that's what he said right and I'm pretty sure that's what I heard on the is Alcantara okay so if, if, if Alcantara Alcantara whatever yeah if, if he, he is the winner of the NLC I don't care who it is it Urias, great. He has got a better ERA. He plays for a phenomenal team. But not by it. but not by a ton. But not by a ton. Like right? Alcantara is two point three seven, Urias is two point two seven. Right. It's not like Honestly, not, right. The one stat that I look at when I'm looking at Cy Young, innings. Right. And that was where I was gonna go. He's at two hundred and twelve and two thirds. He's the only one right now over two hundred if, yeah. I, if I remember. The next correctly. closest is, like is Miles Michaelis one ninety three and a third in the national league. Okay. All right, yeah, yeah. There, uh, Verlander has an upper echelon in the in the AL. We're gonna talk about him in a second, but yeah, it it should be Sandy. Well, no, Michaelis is number two in baseball. Okay, is at he one, at one ninety two? So Verlander's eighty eight. Verlander is kind of because he missed some time. Oh, that's right, he did miss some time. So like then, like then it's like J- uh, Jacob Webb with the Giants one eighty seven and a third. Uh, Aaron Knowles at one eighty six and a third, and mm-hmm. then Framber Valdez is one eighty five and two thirds. Okay, that's the top. Well, so I mean, you know, he's. He literally has the most innings in the sport, and it's by a long shot. The man deserves Cy Young. I know the other guys are great. Don't get me wrong. Freed deserves consideration. Gallon absolutely deserves consideration. Urias plays on the best team. Uh, 100% should be in there. But yeah. it's, it's Sandy. It's not even close in my head. It might be close in some other people's heads, but it's not even close in mine. Let's go to the AL. We've already talked about it. Justin Verlander, phenomenal yeah. job. Honorable only, mention. Only 116 in third innings, but he's been great. But he's been phenomenal. I like He has... He is like 10.2 strikeout per nine. I mean, he's just been, he's missed bats. He's leading, leading this Houston Astros team to a number one seed. Uh, it's, it's been good. It, it's not even close. It's Verlander. Well, I, I would say it's close. Cause one guy that I don't think gets enough love Dylan Cease. Yeah. yeah well, he's come on late. That guy is a beast. I don't know how he wasn't an all-star. Well, it's because he was he didn't have a great part of the first year. I mean like his 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 betting odds were awful. Like looking at Dylan Cease, he's fourteen and seven, two point one three ERA, mm-hmm. two hundred and seventeen strikeouts over one hundred and seventy third innings and a one point zero nine whip. If you look at that's it, not just oh he's well, having but, a good second half. But no, but pull it up since the All Star break. I think he's like a point nine seven ERA. He has a whip that's underneath point eight. I think it's like a point seven. Like nine something ever since the All Star break. Okay. He's had phenomenal after well, the All Star. Well, pre All Star break. break, he was nine and four, two point one five BRA. Since the All Star break, five and three, two point one one ERA. So I mean, it's. I thought it was. Wor- I thought it was worse. No, than he that. was. He was All Star worthy. I don't know how he was not. Picked. I think it was just the White Sox were were terrible. Yeah, I, I understand that, but this guy like 
you can definitely make an argument for Dylan. Smith. Who's the guy? There, there's somebody who has like drastic numbers before All Star break and after All Star break. I'm actually not really sure. And yeah. it, it's like night. It might be a reliever somewhere. Probably. I was looking at it Probably. earlier. Yeah, but yeah, like anyway. I so Cease and uh, McClanahan are the two honorable see, mentions. McC- McClanahan, he missed time, and I know Verlander did too. But like he's been that great, right? Where it's like it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think you can make a big argument for Cease, especially since the White Sox are having a great second half. Right. Uh, we know they're not going to win the division, but they could make it close. Right. Um, I have no problem with Justin Verlander because he's been snubbed a couple times of winning the Cy Young. So, right. if he wins it this year, I ain't mad about it. Right. 100%. So, let's go ahead and get to the big ones. Yep. Let's talk about it. Talk about let's it. Let's go NL. Goldschmidt wins. It's Goldschmidt. The NL MVP. This one, not really that close, even though it's close. Yeah. Our, our honorable mention is Austin Riley. I, like, yeah. I, you have to put him in. I, I agree with the that. The man hits so much. And there's so many people that just give him disrespect. I'm sorry. I'm going to I'm gonna put respect on his name. I appreciate he it. He was number two last year. He's going to be number two this year in my head. I mean, the man's hitting well. He hits for power. He plays great in the field. And for somebody who they thought wouldn't play well at third base, he's 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 very very serviceable he's above average yeah th- yeah th- those I mean, are the words i'm looking for i mean he's not gonna oh, look we know he's not gonna win the gold glove because there's this guy named Nolan arenado right but he's whenever Nolan arenado is not the greatest defensive third baseman we've ever seen right austin riley could be in the conversation yeah i mean i can't believe austin riley wasn't like top two top three in the mvp last year yeah well uh, yeah he was what fourth last year and he should have been second he was seventh I thought he was. I thought he was higher than that. He should have been higher, yeah, but he, he wasn't. Yeah, Austin Riley, honorable mention. If, if Austin Riley had, I know the last month it's been kind of average. Yeah. And look, I think if the Brave, if he really like carries this Braves team to the division, I think you can make more of a case. Yeah. But it's Goldschmidt. Yeah, it's Goldschmidt. Like it's saying, it's close. It's, well, it's actually. I'm going to give him respect. It's yeah, not close. It's not really that close. Like honestly, closer. Like no one Aaron I was teammate. Right. Like, they've been both that good. I mean, Freddie Freeman, he's batting title leader. Right. So, but yeah, I, I definitely think, I think it's Goldschmidt. Yeah, Goldschmidt. He's leading in OBP, slugging, OPS. Yeah, he's he's leading in yeah. a lot of categories, especially yeah. the big numbers. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and go to the AL, the guy who not is close probably going to win the triple clown, or crown. It's not close. This one is definitely not close. No, it's Aaron Judge. It's Aaron Judge. You know it's... You know it's not close when your honorable mention plays for a team has been eliminated for like the last thirty days. Yeah, Shohei Otani is the honorable. And mention. he's only me- like honorable mention because he does it both. Because ways. Because he does it both ways. And it, but he's been a better pitcher than a hitter this we've year. We've said it multiple times. Shohei Otani is a LeBron James of baseball. He will always be in the conversation for MVP. He doesn't always deserve to win it. Like this year, it's Aaron Judge. But Shohei Otani is always in the conversation because he does it both ways. He should always get a seat at the table. Yeah. He shouldn't be the head of the table all times. Yeah. The head of the table is Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge is the MVP of all baseball, to be uh-huh. clear, because he is having that impressive of a season. He's probably going to win the Triple Crown, as we talked about a little bit earlier in the last segment. Aaron Judge, MVP, AL, probably of baseball. Let's go ahead and run them down again, just so everybody knows 100%, because we put a lot of honorable mentions in there. So we're not going to tell them right now. We're only going to give the winners. Winner of Manager of the Year, Brandon Hyde of the Baltimore Orioles for the AL, Buck Showalter for the NL. J-Rod of the American League for Rookie of the Year, Spencer Strider of the Atlanta Braves for the National League. Cy Young, the NL goes to Sandy Alcantara, and the AL goes to Justin Verlander. And the MVP in the National League is Paul Goldschmidt, and the American League is Aaron Judge. All right, there it is. When we return, we wrap this thing up. Put it on a neat bow. The week three picks. Can Parker make a start of a comeback? We'll find out after this. Welcome back to Sports GPS NFL Week 3 p- Picks. CJ, start us off. All right, let's go ahead and start with the game that's currently on right now. It's 8.36 p.m. on this Thursday. Steelers, Browns, Parker, who you got? I'm taking the Steelers. All right. I know I know the Browns are at home, but give me a Penn State pad. I think it's going to have a big game. Fair enough. I'm going to take the Browns. I'm going to give you an opportunity to pick one up <laughs> Thanks, on me. Thanks, man. <laughs> I was coin flipped on this one. The coin landed heads, and the heads were the Browns. So I'm going to take the Browns. Here we go. Going deep. Chiefs, Colts. We're both picking the Chiefs. I'm yeah. going reverse jinx here. Yeah, going well. Listen, home opener. I think, I 
think we kind of, oh, I don't even want to say we have a chance, but we're, I'm going Chiefs, and hopefully reverse jinx happens and benefits my Colts in real life. We're, we're both taking the uh, the betting favorite here, Kansas City, as their favorite five and a half points on the road. Let's talk Texans, Bears. I'm taking the Bears. Parker, I think you are too. Yes, sir. I'm Re- taking the Bears. Rebound game for Justin Fields. I still don't believe in the Texans, even though they play great ball. This is one. Chicago's favored by two and a half. If I'm going to take a dog, I would take the Texans with the line. I think this is a one-point game either way. I just have the Bears squeaking it out. I will say, I, just thinking about, like, if Texans-Bears switch quarterbacks, I would love the Bears a lot more. Davis Mills with the Bears, I would love that. Yeah, absolutely. 100% I would. Yeah. All right, let's talk Raiders at Titans. Vegas is favored by two. We're both taking the Raiders. And we both take the betting favorite. Why not? The Raiders <laughs> yeah. have to have a rebound after a bad collapse. And the Titans don't. Yeah, <laughs> they're just not good. Yeah, they're not. Uh, Bills at Dolphins. Buffalo, five-and-a-half point favorite. Great game. Uh, I'm taking Bills. Yeah, I'm going to take the Bills. I think their defense is too much for Tua. I think Tua might be finding himself picking uh, picking himself off the dirt a little bit too much. Uh, but I think the Dolphins have a chance. I wouldn't like to bet this game on the spread. No. Take the Bills with the money line and just give up the cash. It's fine. Uh, Lions at Vikings, Minnesota's six-point favorite. I'm taking the Vikings. I am as well. I think they're going to rebound. I think Kirk Cousins is actually going to have a big day. Yeah, I think the Lions away from home for the first time this year makes it a little tough. Mm -hmm. Uh, Give me the Vikings uh, at home as well. Ravens at Patriots. I'm taking the Ravens. Yeah, they're the favorite by three points. I'm going to take the Ravens as well. Just a sneaky, sneaky team. Lamar Jackson has a rebound game. I don't think they give up a lead, as I don't think the Patriots have the firepower. I I think that that secondary is just going to clamp on Mac Jones. I believe so as well. Uh, Bengals at Jets. They're favored by six. Who you got? Bengals. Yeah. Joe Burrow has to be better than what he's shown. They have to have a rebound game. And it's the Jets. Come on now. Yeah, truth. And the Jets did come back. I I know Joe Flacco's elite, but, you know. Can the Jets get the back-to-back Ohio sweep? That's the question. We're both betting it not, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Let's talk Eagles at Commanders. Philly's favored by almost a touchdown, six and a half. Give me the birds. Yeah, I'm going to take the birds as well. I love what Jalen Hurts is doing. Correct. And I think the Commanders, you know, it's going to be a reunion of Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz plays well at home, but just not enough in my head to mm-hmm. overcome the Hurts show with the Eagles. Saints at Panthers. Saints are favored by two and a half. I know Jameis can give turnovers, but give me the Saints. Yeah, I'm going to take the Saints as I don't, well. I don't, I don't, I don't know what Baker's doing. That's my question. I just don't. Yeah. I don't know what the Panthers it's are. Like, as I know Jameis can like lose games. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what Baker is. Yeah, here's the thing, though. I don't like betting New Orleans versus the spread here. <laughs> I know it's two and a half points, but, like, I mean, for some odd reason, Jameis with broken ribs scares me. Yeah. But I just I think he's better, and the team is better than what Carolina has. Agreed. Agreed. So that's where I'm at. Uh, Chargers uh, are hosting the Jaguars this week as a seven-point favorite. Chargers. Yeah, I'm we're Herbert guys. Yeah, Herbert. You, got, you can't go wrong there. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's go Rams at Cardinals. Uh, Rams are favored by three and a half. I'm taking the Cardinals. All right, well, and I and I don't I don't love it because I like Matt Stafford and the mm-hmm. Rams, but Kyler Murray showed me something this past week. He showed me something, but I just think the Rams have a rebound after kind of letting it slip away. Give me the Rams here on the road. I just you know. I, I I don't see them doing the same thing they did last week. I think they get out to a lead and secure it and go. I don't think they give the Cardinals ammunition to come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Falcons at Seahawks. Talk about a pick them because the line is even. Yeah, you got? give me the Falcons. I'm going to take the Falcons as well. I do not believe in the Seahawks. I do not believe back. in Gino. Yeah. <laughs> he might be, you know, it might be a 12 thing, maybe because they're at home, maybe. But yeah. no, I, no, I don't believe <laughs> When I say I don't believe in the Seahawks, I mean I don't believe in Gino. Yeah, I just don't believe in Gino Smith. That's for sure. <laughs> All right, let's talk Packers at Bucks. Bucks are only a point favorite at home versus the Packers. I think got? it's close, but since they're at home, give me the Bucks. That's where I'm at too. I'm going to take the Bucks as well. Uh, the Sunday night game, 49ers at Broncos. Who you got? Mm, Broncos have led me a little to be desired recently mm-hmm. in these first two games, but give me the Broncos. Yeah, I'm going to take the Broncos too. Like Russell just, Wilson has to be better. That's my thought. I think Jerry Judy all signs are pointing that he's probably going to play Sunday night. Yeah. Uh, and I think between him and Sutton, yeah. I you know, the 49ers can get at it on defense, but I just, Russell Wilson has to be better. Mm-hmm. And Russell Wilson's owned the 49ers. Yeah. Like, just 
You know, he really, has. truly. Let's let's look at his career. So let's take the Broncos. You're you're getting points here if you're going to take them with the line of San Francisco's favored by one and a half. Uh, then we go to the Monday night game, the big one, the NFC East clash: Cowboys at Giants. Who you got? I'm going to take the Cowboys. Mm. I I I'm I'm kind of in the middle, mm-hmm. but I just think I think the Cowboys are going to do it. Okay, good right. rush, man. Fair enough. I'm going to take the Giants because I will never pick the Cowboys ever, ever, ever. ever. Even even the Giants. Like, they're both – it's both division opponents. I understand that. Never going to pick the Cowboys. I will never pick the Cowboys. Like, there's fair, no dude. hatred more uh, in my head than the Dallas Cowboys. Like, I, I don't like the Braves, to be clear. As a <laughs> I Philly, know. I do not like the Braves. Yeah. I hate Dallas that much more. I got you. I hate Dallas with a burning passion of a thousand suns. It's not even close. I don't like either team, but, you know, yeah, I, I, mean, had, I had to pick. <laughs> listen, if we could have a, just a, a nuke drop onto, you know, uh, the Meadowlands Stadium, I'd, I'd, be, <laughs> I'd be fine with outside of the fact that there would be a lot of people dead. Yeah. That's kind of grim. But yeah, a little bit. <laughs> outside of that, like, I'd be fine with it because I don't like either of these teams. But I just uh-huh. hate the Cowboys worse. We're going to take the Giants. I also believe Saquon Barkley runs all over Dallas's defense because that's how you beat Dallas is you make Micah Parsons have to think. I'm I'm just trying to get some uh get get from below five right you yeah know? you're trying to gain some ground on me well let's talk about these picks to make sure you have the chance we both like the Chiefs the Bears the Raiders the Bills the Vikings the Ravens the Bengals the Eagles the Saints the Chargers the Falcons the Bucks the Broncos <laughs> I like the Browns you like the Steelers tonight uh, I like the Rams you like the Cardinals I like the Giants you like the Cowboys you got three chances to pick on up let's see what happens yeah that's gonna wrap it up for this episode man long episode here. I know but if you want more content. Follow us at the Sports GPS on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We don't really get on TikTok that much, but make sure to follow us at the Sports GPS, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Yeah, all of them. Get us all. Tell us what we did, whether you like us, whether you hate us. I really hope you don't hate us. But if you do, <laughs> let us know. Hit us up on all those platforms. But for this episode, for all of us here at the Sports GPS, Parker White, CJ Holly, thanks for stopping by. Oh, thank you.